Hello, Tom Shanklin here. So good to be with you today. What a blessing to share some good news for you. And we have good news for you today, so I hope you'll stick around and listen because I believe this message is going to be a real encouragement in your life. And I'd like to talk to you today about why the blood of Christ is precious. This is a bit of a follow-up on an article I wrote recently on the precious blood of Christ. And uh, I just wanted to go a little bit deeper and ask the question, why is the blood of Jesus so precious? And there's, there's answers to that question in the scriptures. So we wanna, we wanna look into that today, but let's pray first. Father, I thank you so much, Lord, for everyone that is listening or watching, watching on YouTube, watching on our website, listening on uh, iTunes or where, however they're getting this, Lord, I just pray for them in the name of Jesus, that the word of God would find good ground in their heart, that they are good ground for the word of God and they will absorb what you have said and what you have done, because this is such a miracle that you've done for us, Lord, through Jesus Christ, when he died on the cross and shed his blood, that we might have uh, the forgiveness of sins and a new life. And uh, literally, not just uh, saying this as a religious phraseology, but Lord, it's power. And I just thank you for that power in everyone's life, Lord, as they receive the revelation of the precious blood of Jesus Christ. So we want to begin today reading from 1 Peter chapter 1 and uh, verse 18. It says, For you know that you were not redeemed from your vain way of life, inherited from your fathers with perishable things, like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. The word of God said that Jesus is the lamb of God who came to set the captives free. Uh, in the New Testament, it tells us that Christ, our Passover, has died for us. And John, John the Baptist, you know, the, the prophet who was sent to as a forerunner for Jesus, when he saw Jesus, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the whole world. Well, now, that's, that's one reason that we could say the blood is precious, because the blood takes away the sins of the whole world. I mean, he died for everyone's sins. Now, it, it's not in effect to those who don't believe, but when we believe that work has been accomplished, it's a finished work, and we just accept it and receive it. And before we're done today, we'll show you how to do that. But the blood of Jesus is so precious. You know, it's precious to me because of my experience with the Lord. You know, in 1977, which would be 45 years ago today, uh, the Lord, not today exactly, but 45 years ago, I came to Christ and I had an experience with the Lord. I was sitting in a pickup truck. Did you know you can get saved uh, in a pickup truck? You can get saved uh, sitting by a seaside. Sea, uh, you can get saved eating your lunch. Uh, outside of work. I mean, you can get saved anywhere because God's everywhere. And uh, his Holy Spirit's everywhere to bring a conviction of the need for Jesus. But I was in a pickup truck and I was seeking God for his power and his glory and the revelation of Christ to come into my life. And as I was seeking, the Lord said to me, turn from the things of the world. Now you have to understand, I came from a background of, 
uh, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, and my lifestyle uh, was heavily influenced by those things. And when he said that, what it meant to me was lay aside these things, make a decision uh, to follow me and to lay aside the drugs and alcohol that have been such a controlling force in your life. So when I heard the voice of the Lord, and I knew it was God, it wasn't just some imagination, but God spoke powerfully to me within me and said those words, turn from the things of the world. And I just lifted my hands and I said, yes, Lord. And at that moment, the glory of God came upon me and he just filled me with his spirit and his power. And then the Lord began to speak to me in a powerful way. And the first thing the Lord said to me is, precious is the blood of the lamb, which was shed for you. You know, I had this glorious experience, this flood of glory, flood of God's love. And you have, underst you have to understand, you know, I had been involved in some Eastern mysticism and different things, different spiritual experiences. But he let me know this is different. This is not, you know, uh, some uh, force of your karma or something like that. Um, but this is because of what Jesus did on the cross. Precious is the blood of the lamb, which was shed for you. And then he continued to speak. And he said, I give you a new life free from the bonds of iniquity. So those two things, and then he also spoke some other things which we won't get into today, maybe another time. I'm always sharing this testimony. Yesterday I was in a doctor's office and and uh, he asked me about uh, alcohol and or drug use in, in my family or past. And I said, well, uh, unless you consider me, I was bound up in alcohol and drugs uh, at one time. And so then uh, that was an opportunity to, to tell the story about how Jesus did a miracle in my life and set me free. For, because from that moment that I said, yes, Lord, and the Holy Spirit filled me, from that moment I've been totally free of addictions uh, from drugs and alcohol. Now, I wasn't uh, made totally perfect and uh, like I'll be when I see Jesus and I go to heaven. Uh, he's still working on me. But I tell you, God did something awful powerful that day, and I'll never be the same. I have never been the same, and I will never be the same because of the precious blood that Jesus shed for me. So when we talk about the blood of Jesus for me, it's personal. It's not just a Bible doctrine, but it's a, a reality in my life, you know. And, and recently, you know, I had uh, surgery on my back. And, you know, when, they, when you have surgery, of course, you have uh, uh, anesthesia, anesthesia. Uh, they put you under, and so when I was about to go under, I was just praying and thinking about this, and you know, you have this thought, well, I don't know for sure, 100%, if I'll, if I'll wake up from this, you know, and it might be going out into eternity. And so I just thought it's a good time to talk to the Lord. <laughs> and I didn't talk to him about uh, the good things that I've done, or what our ministry has accomplished, or, <clears throat> or uh, the positive attributes of why he should allow me to come into heaven. I just, in fact, I talked to him about the other things that I had done wrong and, and the mistakes I had made in life. But then I talked to him about that blood, the blood. And I thank you, Lord, that you have sent Jesus to die for my sins. And I accept the forgiveness that's mine because of the blood of Jesus. And I claim the power of the blood of Jesus over my life. And you see, because of the blood of Jesus, 
I believe that when I die, I will go to heaven. Not because of that I've done everything right. Now, I try to do everything right. I, I work at it. But I don't believe that that's the reason that the Lord's going to say, come on into heaven. No, I believe it's because my sins have been washed away through Jesus Christ, through the precious blood that he shed on Calvary. Praise God. So I love to share my testimony and just let people know. So now, precious, what does that mean, the precious? Well, first of all, going back to the scripture, he says, you were not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. Uh, so silver, gold, gold's real nice, it's worth a lot, but you know, it's corruptible, it's, it doesn't last. The blood of Jesus uh, lasts throughout eternity. You know, in fact, the, the effects of the blood of Jesus even were uh, really available for people before he went to the cross, but that's another story. Because you see the cross, it's only through the cross that anyone's saved. And those before the cross were saved by looking ahead to Christ. We are saved by looking back to Christ because we're in a different time in history. But he said, we're not redeemed with silver or gold. You know, I mean, how much money would it take to save you? You know, the people have done that through religion sometimes well if you give if you give enough money to church you know then uh you'll you'll get in or your relative will get in you know just give a little more money to the church you know and uh we'll make sure that uh you'll get escape uh hell and torment and and your relatives too and you'll go into heaven but there's not enough money to buy uh your access to heaven you know there's just there's just not enough but the blood the precious blood of Jesus is enough. It's sufficient, praise God. So, you know, blood, we think about blood, blood's very serious, you know, the, uh, the life of the body is in the blood. Uh, the Old Testament says, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. And uh, almost everything is purged by blood. In the Old Testament, there was much blood shed. You know, there was uh, tremendous volumes of blood shed. I've been reading the book of Leviticus and studying about the, the, uh, the tabernacle and the priestly ministry and all the sacrifices. And gee, I'm, ever as I'm reading that, I'm going, boy, I thank God for Jesus uh, because we don't have to have all these bloody sacrifices and all these things because Jesus did it once for all. Praise God. He shed the blood. And what we need to do is we remember it and walk in the light of it. Amen. And we can be blessed by it. But in those days before Jesus came, that was all a figure of Christ. You see, all the shedding of blood was a figure of Christ because his blood took care of it all. But, you know, I saw where, you know, if you do this sin, then you have to bring this animal and bring him to the temple and lay your hand on it and, and kill the animal. And the, and the priest does this and this and this with the, the animal. And I mean, it's very intricate and just a multitude of uh, different sacrifices that were involved in the Old Testament system. And as I was thinking about it, I wonder if they had any livestock left uh, after all those sacrifices because there was so much to it. And I think it was probably a good incentive for people not to sin because every time they sinned, they had to you know, bring one of these animals and, uh, and bring it to the temple and so forth and have this sacrifice. But praise God, Jesus did it once for all. You know, I got to thinking about this, you know, how Jesus' blood is so precious. 
and I just looked up, you know, well, how much blood is in a human body? Well, it's five or six quarts in a human body. So five or six quarts of the blood of Jesus uh, procured salvation for the entire world. So it's a very small amount <laughs> physically. I'm just thinking physically here a little bit. You know, it's, it's maybe an incorrect or analogy. I mean, this is a spiritual thing, obviously. But yet, just to think about the difference between the Old Testament and the New, the, the blood that was shed then, the blood that was shed uh, at Calvary, five or six quarts paid the price for all of us. Now, then I got to thinking about, well, what about Solomon's temple? When they dedicated Solomon's temple, I remember, wow, they, they, had, a, they had a huge amount of sacrifices there. Uh, okay, let's see here. I've got it written down somewhere. <laughs> okay. So when they dedicated Solomon's temple, Solomon brought 22,000 cattle to offer unto the Lord as a sacrifice for the dedication of the temple. And then 120,000 sheep. So I thought, well, now how much blood would be involved in all those animals? I calculated it out. You know, there's over 1.2 million quarts of blood that were shed for the dedication of Solomon's temple. Well, that tells me they were pretty earnest and pretty serious about uh, about God and wanting him, His presence in the middle, in the midst of their nation. It was a tremendous dedication, a tremendous sacrifice uh, to do that. But just think of it: 1.2 million quarts. Somebody can figure out how many gallons that is. Uh, that's a whole lot of blood, folks. And uh, and yet the. And yet the, the New Testament says, I think I have the scripture here, it says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 4, it says, For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. So <laughs> 1.2 million uh, quarts, and it still didn't really get the job done. It was an offering to God. It showed their sincerity. There was a, a measure of, uh, sanctification of the flesh that came through those sacrifices but the blood of Jesus takes away our sin washes them completely away you know in, in Revelation it says that that uh, Jesus came and washed our sins away hallelujah the, he is that precious lamb of God who takes away the sins of the whole world so that by the sacrifice of his life he gave us entrance into all that God has uh, for us in our lives. Now, mentioning the book of Hebrews, because the Hebrews is so important to understanding the Bible. The, the old, it is really the key to understanding the Old Testament system and sacrifices, and it really the, the background that you need to even begin to read uh, the Old Testament with understanding, you need to read the book of Hebrews, because Hebrews puts this all in perspective that all these things were a shadow and a type and a picture of the true. You know, like the tabernacle, that's a picture of heaven. It's a picture of access to God. And, uh, you know, they, God told Moses, he said, uh, be sure you make everything according to the pattern. Because why? The tabernacle was made after the pattern of heaven. And so, you know, there's a holy of holies, the place where God's presence is. And likewise, there's a, holy place in, in heaven. There's a place where God dwells and there's an access uh, through these various sacrifices. Well, our access is through 
the blood of Christ. Amen. But I wanted to read this one scripture to you from uh, from Hebrews. In the uh, first of all, in the uh, let's see, in the in the ninth chapter, in the thirteenth verse. All right. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? You see, it's through the blood of Jesus that we can, that we can serve God. It's only through that blood that we can be acceptable to God, that we can move in any measure of holiness. You know, it's because that power has to come inside of us. God has to come inside us by the Holy Spirit. And the only way that's going to happen is if we're forgiven and cleansed by the blood of Jesus. And that blood, it says, cleanses our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. In other words, literally, there's a, there's a change in our inner man through this. Amen? It's not just that, well, I forgive you of all the stuff you've done. Yes, praise God. Yeah, through the blood is the forgiveness of sins, but also through the blood is a new life because we are changed from the inside out. The power of God uh, literally comes into our life and makes us different, praise God. It purges our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. So he says, well, if, the, if this blood of all these bulls and goats and the heifer and the ashes and all this stuff uh, sanctify it to the, you know, for the flesh, for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. So you see, it's through the blood of Jesus uh, that we can have new life. Praise God. Uh, and that's why the Lord said to me, I give you a new life free from the bonds of iniquity. Now, I want to show you another scripture. We're kind of in the neighborhood here. We'll go back to, uh, to John, 1 John, in the first chapter. John the Apostle writes in the first chapter in the seventh verse, he says, but if we walk in the light, talking to, talking to Christians now, I think I'm probably talking a lot of, a lot of Christians, maybe some that are not Christians yet, but you will be, praise God, because if you get a hold of this good news, you can't resist the power of God, amen, the love of God and all he has for you. You just think of it, he gave his only son. He let Jesus die on a cross for you. That's how, that's how important you are, you know, and this precious, valuable commodity, the precious blood of Christ, you know. Uh, I looked up that word precious. I don't know if I shared that yet, but it means of great price, precious, to hold in honor, to esteem, to hold especially dear. Praise God, this precious blood was shed for you. Jesus gave up his life so that you could have a life with God, so that you could have life and have it more abundantly, okay? So here's, here's the Apostle John in the, in the early days. You know, he's one of Jesus' disciples, right? And so after Jesus had died, rose from the dead, poured out his Holy Spirit, John was ministering like the other disciples, apostles were. And he writes this letter to Christians. And this is what he says. He says, now, if you walk in the light, as he is in the light, you'll have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses you 
from all sin. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses you from all sin. You see, we can have fellowship with God. You know, maybe you've gone through a time when you didn't have much contact with other human beings. I know I've kind of gone through a little season here where uh, I've been uh, homebound for a little while because of uh, this, this surgery and so forth. But you see, and, and we, we yearn for fellowship, right? We want to be with people. We want to be around people. Praise God. It's, it's normal. But here he's talking about fellowship with God. Now I think of the scripture, John 17. Jesus said, this is life eternal that they might know thee, Father, you know, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom he sent. That's, that's being a Christian. It's knowing God. Amen? Having fellowship with God. Before the fall, Adam and Eve had fellowship with God. But because of their sin, they were separated from God because God's holy. God's perfect. Amen? But you see, we're separated. He says, be ye perfect as, as I am perfect. Well, we can't. <laughs> but through the blood of Jesus, you see, we're perfected in that sense of God looks at us as completely whole and righteous. Amen? We have a gift of righteousness. So he says, now, if you walk in the light as he is in the light, you'll have fellowship with one another. Amen. So I want to talk to you about, you know, how do we stay in fellowship with God? You know, because you, you can be a Christian and you can have this great experience with God. You can be, you know, you can know your sins are washed away. Hallelujah, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. Uh, God's in me. I feel the Holy Ghost in my life, you know. And then you go through a season where it's, oh, wow, you know, and you're just, I can't, I can't uh, touch God. I don't know what's going on here. You know, you're not in fellowship. And sometimes it's because, you know, you, you've sinned and you haven't got it right, you know, and you're not walking in the light. But he says, if you walk in the light, Christian, as he is in the light, you'll have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus continually cleanses you from all sin. So how do you walk in the light? Well, follow Jesus. Jesus said, if you follow me, if any man will follow me, he will not walk in darkness, but he will have the light of life. Just make a decision to follow Jesus. And if you've sinned, confess your sin because he's faithful and just to forgive your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And that's, that's the following verses here. So if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth's not in us. If we say, well, I don't need Jesus. I don't need forgiveness. I'm really good. You know, I'm really righteous. And sometimes that's the way we are. You know, we just defend ourselves. We, we say, well, I'm really good. I'm a great person, you know. <laughs> and down deep we know, oh no, you got wrong motives and uh, you got sin that needs to be cleansed. If you say you have no sin, you're deceiving yourself, you see. You see, it, 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 it's not that God uh, excuses sins, but God forgives sins. He's a holy God. He's never going to say, oh, this is all right, even though you, you, know, you live this way. No, he's not going to do that. But he'll forgive that sin. He won't condemn you. He'll say, look, I want you to be forgiven. I want you to be with me, you know. So he says, if you, now, in the in ninth verse, if we confess our sins, if we confess our sins, if, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins 
and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So the forgiving, you see, that's one part, but then the cleansing, that's the other part, from all unrighteousness. <clears throat> you know, in the article I mentioned, I talk about the, the two men that went up to the temple uh, to pray, and one was the Pharisee, and he says, Lord, I thank you, I'm not like other men. You know, I give tithes, I fast twice a week, I do all these good religious works for you, Lord. I'm not like this tax collector over here. I, I'm really good, Lord. <laughs> and then there's the old tax collector. He's, he comes into the temple and he smites his breast and he says, oh, <laughs> be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus said that one went home justified rather than the other. Why? Because he confessed his sin. If you confess your sin, you'll have forgiveness. Amen? And, and uh, if you have forgiveness, then you're made righteous. And you can realize that you're, you're different. Amen? You're a new creature in Christ. And we need to start living in the light of those things. Amen? And not be uh, condemned. And if there's something wrong, make it right real quick. Amen? And get back in fellowship with God. Because he, he's, not, he's not pushing you away. He's, pull, he's drawing you. You know, it says... Uh, uh, with everlasting, I, everlasting love, I've drawn you. Therefore, with, with love, I'm not quoting it right, but the scripture says basically, I've loved you ever, forever, and I'm drawing you forever. Amen. And he draws us by his Holy Spirit, and he loves you very much. So remember that. 1 John 7 through 9, it's a key to stay in fellowship with God. Amen. Praise God. All right, now let's go back to Hebrews a minute, because there's something else I want to share here. And uh, maybe we'll wrap this up pretty quick. I think, I think we've said some very powerful things to you about the blood of Jesus, and I just want you to absorb those things. But let's, let's look at this verse in Hebrews chapter 10. And I'll begin reading in verse 19. Therefore, brothers, again, he's speaking to Christians now. Therefore, brothers... We have confidence. Uh, the King James says we have boldness. I like that better, really. Therefore, brother, have boldness to enter into the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. To enter into the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, <clears throat> by a new and living way that he has opened for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. Praise God. He says, come on in. To the Holy of Holies. You see, remember I was talking to you about the, the tabernacle, and you see the writer of Hebrews, he's always referring to this uh, picture of the, the tabernacle, and there was the Holy of Holies, and that's where God dwelt in the Holy of Holies, above the mercy seat. We need to have a talk to you about the mercy seat, because that's so powerful. But in that place, that's where God dwelt, you know, in this tabernacle. And so he's talking about now to us about the God, the place where God lives. So he's saying, now have boldness to come into the place where God lives. <laughs> God is so powerful. He is so awesome. You know, he is so mighty. He's so glorious. You know, when, when Isaiah saw him, saw the Lord, he says, I saw the Lord. He was high and lifted up in his train filled the temple. And he said, woe is me. I am, an, I am undone for I am a man of unclean lips and I, I dwell in the midst of a people whose unclean lips. He saw his sin because of the, the glory of God, you know. But yet the writer of Hebrews says, come on in, come boldly. 
into into the holy of holies by a new and living way. You see, this is a new way because it was consecrated at Calvary when Jesus died. He made a way for us to come into the holy of holies. He made a way for us to come into the presence of God and to enjoy his presence and to have access to the Father. And that means you can ask the Father for whatever you need. Praise God. If you ask anything according to his will, he will do it. You know, he loves you so much. Jesus said to his disciples, he says, the Father himself loves you. He says, I don't say that you should ask me and I'll ask the Father. He says, the Father himself loves you. And you see, the Father has made a way for you to come to him through Jesus Christ. Come through the new and living way by the blood of Jesus. So why is the blood precious? Well, it's, it was shed for the sins of the whole world. Amen? Why is the blood precious? The blood is precious because it enables you to have a new life. Praise God to be changed and cleansed on the inside. And then thirdly, the blood of Christ is precious because it gives you access to the Father. That's why in Hebrews he says, come before the throne of grace boldly that you might obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You know, you might need help uh, with your schooling. You might need help to pass a test. You might need help with a physical condition. You might need help with a family issue. You might need help with finances. I mean, I, the list goes on and on, you see, but the Father has the answer. So he says, come before, what? The throne of grace, you know? Not the throne of judgment. Come before the throne of grace, amen? Obtain, that you might obtain mercy. Amen. Mercy rejoices over judgment. Yeah, sure you've missed it. We've all missed it. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But through Jesus Christ, we're forgiven and we have access to our Father and all that he has. Amen. A full inheritance, praise God, through him. So come boldly to him through Jesus Christ. Find grace, find mercy and grace to help in time of need. Praise God. Well, I think we'll wrap it up about there, but I want to pray with you. And uh, I think first I'll pray for you and then I'll lead you in a prayer if you've never accepted Christ, okay? So Lord, I just pray for everyone that's watched this video to the end. I bless them in the name of Jesus because the power of the word of God is just so awesome, Lord, that it can change their lives, even this video. They, they, they'll never be the same, Lord. I just thank you for that. And I thank you that, Lord, we will begin to walk in the grace of God and accept your forgiveness and accept what you have done in our hearts in Jesus' name. And Lord, if there's anything separating us, hindering us even in our fellowship with you. We just bring it to you right now. We confess it. We confess it. We're not going to come to you and brag on what we've done right, Lord. We've done wrong. But you forgive us and you make everything clean and right uh, between us, Lord. And I thank you for that. Praise God. So if there's a separation between you and God, just pray this way. Just say, Dear Father, I thank you for Jesus. Just pray it out loud now. I thank you for Jesus. I believe he died for me on that cross of Calvary and his blood was shed. And I believe that he rose again from the dead and he's here to give me new life and I choose to follow Jesus. I confess Jesus is Lord of my life. Thank you, Father, for forgiving me, cleansing me, and giving me access to you in Jesus' name. I love you, Father, and I worship you.
And I just come into that Holy of Holies just to enjoy you and to magnify you and to worship you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless you. Thanks so much uh, for watching. Uh, we've got our website, I think, on the screen there. So check it out. We'd love to stay in touch. Subscribe to the channel if you're on YouTube. Subscribe to iTunes if you're there, whatever. You know, stay in touch and send us, uh, let us know, you know, if you're enjoying the, the videos. And if you have prayer requests, we want to stay in touch with you, okay? So God bless you, and we just bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.